Steelers. But who else would we even discuss on this game? Nobody. Nobody. Right. Not even a tight end. No. Oh, well, defense. We talk defense. But that's we, yeah, that's true. I rarely give defensive takes anyway, though. Me neither. Who scores a touchdown this week? That's all defenses. What was I going to do? I was going to do something. Oh, yeah. Tweet out the show. That's what I was going to do. Ah, yes. Literally what you just reminded me to do. Good morning and welcome to a very special edition of the Stochastic.com NFL Showdown Strategy Show. It's a special edition because how often do we get a game like this? I, I said it. I think our mics were hot. Kev Williams said it perfectly. This game is so bad that it actually becomes interesting. You're damn right, dude. We got a 30-point total for Thursday night football. A Bailey Zappi-Mitch Trubisky matchup. It's bad. Listen, the low, The last time a total was lower than this was 1993. And prior to that, the last time a total sat as low as 30 was, I think, like 2007. And it was a weather game. It was a weather game. This has no weather to speak of. Like, no significant precipitation. That's not bringing this down. It, it is specifically and solely the quarterbacks and the teams that are on the field today. This is more... <laughs> Sounds insane, but this is like the most excited I've been to talk about a showdown site in a while because it's off the wall. It's it's a bananas type game. And sometimes you can find some real gems in these sites. Hopefully we can unearth some of them for you. I'm Dave Lockren at Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters. L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. If you're not there yet, joined as always by Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski. No better analysis that you're going to find in the showdown realm. What's up, brother? Not much excited for this game. Just a master class of team building on both sides. Wasted picks across the board in the NFL draft. You got first rounders spent on guys like Najee Harris. I mean, you can look at Strange from the Patriots drafting FCS players in the first round. Tyquan Thornton in the second round, who didn't even meet the 50th percentile of yards per route run in college. <laughs> Amazing pick. And I mean, it goes deeper than this, just across the board. First round quarterbacks for both of these teams that are pocket statues. I mean, what else is there to talk about? We're going to see Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky. So it doesn't even matter that those two teams wasted first round picks on QBs. You know, what's crazy is if you were to go into any time touchdown scores, no touchdown score is 14 to one. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Well, I mean... <laughs> What was that Patriot? Patriots got shut out last week against a horrific Chargers defense. Yep. I Dude, hope this game's better than that. They got shut out 6 nothing. This is beautiful. It's a baseball game. They've been shut out twice this season. Here's a crazy thing for you, right? This this is this is you want it you want to put it all in the focus before we start. Check this out. So the Patriots over the last 4 games have allowed 6, 10, 10, and 20. Even 20 is a low amount of points to allow. But 6, 10, 10, and 20, they're 0-4 against the spread in those games. Yeah, at some point you just don't know what to say. There isn't much to say. It's not all. all on Bill Belichick either. Like I know he has a large part of the decision-making when it comes to player personnel. So I guess that is on him too. But I mean, this team has no good players. It's hard to coach a team full of absolute scrubs at every position, which is what we have. Like, I'm surprised this isn't, isn't the worst team in the NFL. Just deciding to not get or find a wide receiver for this team is insane. Like, would it have made a huge difference? Probably not. 
But the guys that they run out there week over week, I mean, we had times where Demario Douglas was your wide receiver one. I will say Tyquan Thornton looked good, Matt, when he or uh no, it was uh yeah, it wasn't him. He's Kendrick never Bourne. looked good. Kendrick Bourne, right? Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne looked pretty good, actually, in some of those games. But still, guy's not a wide receiver one. Like he was he was serving as one. He was your de facto wide receiver one before the injury. But it's Kendrick Bourne. Like Kendrick Bourne, you would hope to be your wide receiver three on a decent team, not your wide receiver one with Mac Jones throwing him the football. Yeah, I mean, this team has a lot of issues. I mean, they should have done what the commanders did and just sold their good players and try to get draft capital. What they really need to do is like overpay for a receiver like a Christian Kirk, similar to what Jacksonville did, try to get their young signal callers more weapons and then keep shooting at quarterback on the draft board because you see what even like a cj stroud can do even with a bad team around him he can really elevate things it's very telling they have two quarterbacks that are absolutely incompetent like at some point i would probably just put Ty montgomery back there and run some version of the triple option because yeah if you're trying to win games what you're doing right now is not working 100 percent. you're right they should just take shots i mean cj stroud not that they were taking shots but I mean, he has completely revitalized that organization and the fan base in less than a season. And you know what really the perfect example is? You look at Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts, it was a second-round pick. I was opposed to it as it happened. They had just given Carson Wentz a big contract. And now this guy, you know, up until last week, I would assume, was an MVP, uh, you know, leading MVP candidate, went to the Super Bowl last year. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. It is it is kind of funny these days, Matt, where like, sure, you want to get the the top picks, but how a lot of them have failed. Trevor Lawrence, nah, he's been great. Uh, CJ Stroud looks great, but Bryce Young, Zach Wilson, a lot of those early drafted quarterbacks have been pretty awful. Uh, you have seen a couple of these guys, you know, outside of the first round or late first round, at least be somewhat serviceable. If you're the Patriots, you're right. Why not at least take shot? If they don't pan out, you know, the, the guy you're drafting at that position probably isn't panning out anyway. Yeah, it's an imperfect science, and it's kind of a shots on goal thing at the end of the day. And, I mean, if you're a team like, I don't know, even the Packers, the Lions, I'm taking shots on quarterback almost every single year for a couple of reasons. One, these guys are expensive in free agency, and unless you have Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, something like that, you probably want to let them go. They just don't make sense to pay a guy like Daniel Jones. Let other teams do that, hinder themselves, and lose games. And then this position gets, still gets injured a lot. So you want competent backup play. If you don't have that, you end up like the Jets and you're stone dead, even though your roster is actually really good around them. Plus, if you do this outside the first round and you actually hit on somebody, even if you plan to have them as your backup, say you've got a Dak Prescott situation, Romo gets hurt. Dak plays so well in his absence, you can just forego the starter. Now you have the best cost adjusted value on the entire team. And it's probably going to be like a top five cost adjusted value in the NFL. Just makes no sense not to shoot on quarterback almost every single year. So the Eagles have been doing great with this. The Lions actually did a pretty good job too drafting Hendon Hooker. He kind of had the red shirt year. So I like that they've actually addressed this. But I mean, if you're the Packers or something, you got to shoot on quarterback every single year still. The Patriots already should have been doing this. Like drafting Bailey Zappi in the fifth round. Great. Maybe he's Dak Prescott. They know the answer now. He's not. You need to keep doing it. Absolutely. Let's talk Thursday night football. Here we go. We'll start it off with the Patriots, Matt. Now, again, like I said, this game is a 30 point total. It, it is, it is incredibly low. Um, if, if you're a sports better, you haven't seen, you, you know, around my age, you've never, you haven't seen a total lower than this. Literally haven't seen a total low, unless you were betting at like six or seven years old. That's how low the total is. Well, I will say, as gross as it is, and as much as we're just going to want to jam, you know, defense into captain and have both defenses, which, you know, I still think is a viable approach. We can run the Sims at the end of this show. Mike, if you can run that, that'd be great. I want to see what we're getting for sure. There are a couple things that stand out to me, Matt, for the Patriots. The, the one of them, I'll start with Devontae Parker. So uh, I tweeted this a few minutes ago, but Devontae Parker in that last game. Now, say what you want about him, right? They probably never should have paid him. But in the last game, with ba Bailey Zappi getting the start, his first start, um, Devontae Parker, week 13, he's questionable, but he should play. He's been limited all week. It's a short week. 38% target share, 
52% team air yards. So 52% of the air yards went to Devontae Parker, 31% targets per route run, and three deep targets. So 20-plus yards downfield, three of the five deep targets. Look, what is the conversion rate on those deep targets, on those targets? Not great. But the fact that he was that heavily involved, ran 29 routes on 33 dropbacks, really soaked up the lion's share of opportunities both downfield and pretty much anywhere. This is one of those spots where I go, hey, it's a dog shit game. It's a 30-point total, but you still have to fill out six roster spots, and so many people are just going to be firing defense and kicker. And quite frankly, man, I don't even know how great the kickers – like if we, if we expect it to be that low scoring of a game, I, I don't know if getting six or seven points from your kicker like – it, I, I, I think this, the kickers suffer from such a low total as well. So Devontae Parker is the guy I want to start with. Just the volume we saw last week is very much worth discussing. Yeah, I have no problem with Devontae Parker. I still think this is a pretty volatile situation. His routes were pretty good. At the end of the day, he was still slightly behind like a Juju Smith-Schuster who was at 94%. You had Devontae Parker at 85 And it's just like small sample size really the whole year. This was the first game they really separated. I mean, you can just go back and look at their game logs where they're both active together. It's mostly a 50-50 split between these two guys up at the top. So I I do like Devontae Parker. I like Juju Smith-Schuster as well. And I think I might honestly like him more at his price point. Yeah, look, that's fair. But, I mean, I'm distinguishing between last week and the previous weeks because it's a different quarterback. Yeah, all I'm saying is it's a small sample. You could be right. I don't know. For sure. Look, but sometimes you just, it's a small sample for sure. Um, But at the same time, sometimes you just have to, like, when when all you have is a small sample to work with, or if you want to use a larger sample with a different quarterback, it's one or the other. I'm not sure there's a right answer. So you might just have to kind of fire on one of those thought processes. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I think that's what you should do when you're dealing with small samples, especially if there's, maybe a prevailing notion that one of these guys is clearly ahead of the other. And it's really just an assumption of a one game sample with Bailey Zappi. That's usually a situation where I like to go the opposite way, especially when we, I mean, it's a tiny sample. Things change all the time in the NFL. Both their routes were good. Go ahead. No, what'd you say? I mean, both their routes were good, both above 85%. I don't think you can really go wrong with either. And to your initial point, yeah, I'm not going to be jamming the defenses with the same frequency as the field. So I'm probably going to end up playing both Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster. For what it's worth, in our tools, Juju definitely has a, a higher leverage score. One of the highest, maybe the highest on the slate. So the tools would agree with you on this one. The price points aren't that... I, I don't know how worried I don't know how worried I am about pricing today. Uh, I haven't built any lineups yet, but my my early assumption is that it's not going to be that hard to fit who you want. You're right. You can build basically with whatever you want, as long as you don't play like the top six guys in terms of pricing. The real question is the roles for these players, which I think makes for a really interesting showdown slate. We usually don't have this where it's role uncertainty and role uncertainty. Usually we know exactly what the players are going to do. And then it's about figuring out the salary dynamics, but it's the opposite today. Well, in this case, too, uh, Keishon Bouti is out. Uh, Demario Douglas is out. We'll get to Ramadre Stevenson, obviously. But Devonta Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, questionable, but I assume they'll play. They both got limited work in on a short week. But, I mean, you're really limited here as far as these pass catchers go. So it's Devonte Parker, it's Smith-Schuster. Um, obviously, Kendrick Bourne's done. Tyquan Thornton, Rager played six snaps last game. Ty Montgomery was on the field for three snaps. They really just went with three receivers last game. If you eliminate the combined nine snaps from Rager and Montgomery, you got almost the entirety of the game played by Parker, Smith-Schuster, and Tyquan Thornton at the wide receiver position. Yeah, they came at the expense of Jasicki, who was fully benched. He was like at a 17% route share. But the week prior, he was at like 68%. So, I mean, this is another injury sort of uncertain situation with these receivers what position do they do they go back to 11 personnel do they or they do they return to 12 I don't know what they're going to do so there's a lot of uncertainty here as well I think a guy like Tyquan Thornton could get squeezed if they decide they want to use Mike Jasicki again who again just two weeks ago was at about 68 percent of the routes 
Then he drops down to below 20. They're not going to tell you. So your guess is as good as mine. I think when you look at the three receivers, Taekwon is risky for that reason. And Jasicki, for the same reason, is risky at tight end. I mean, your three safest pass catchers by far are Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Hunter Henry. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'd probably order them. Would you go Smith-Schuster, Henry, Parker, or Smith-Schuster, Parker, Henry? Because for me, I think I'd go Parker. I'd actually go Parker, Henry, Smith-Schuster. And the only reason I'd put Henry ahead of Smith-Schuster is because as gross as it is, I still think there's a little bit more touchdown equity if they get inside the 20-yard line. Yeah, I like Hunter Henry. I have no problem with him. He's literally not coming off the field at all. He's a guy that honestly might get squeezed because of his price. Just for reference, you know, like Devontae Parker is going to project better than Hunter Henry. There's a $400 difference. So I think people are just going to find that $400, get to Parker. Or I imagine you just save the salary entirely and go down to like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's at a different price point. So I'm, I'm actually pretty interested in Hunter Henry as the leverage play between all these Patriots pass catchers. With his locked-in route share, he's really interesting to me. Ranking them's tough, man. I think it really depends on where you fall in salary left over. Like, if you love your lineup and you just don't have enough money to get up to Parker, Henry, fine playing Smith-Schuster. But if I rank them just straight-up projection, which honestly might be the best way to do this because salary restrictions are minimal, I would go Parker 1, Smith-Schuster 2, Henry 3, just based on projection. The leverage question is more interesting to me. And then Thornton, just a distant four. Yeah, he's tough. He's risky. I mean, if they continue to use their 11 personnel rate, he's going to be on the field almost every snap. Routes above 80% last week. But we don't know if they're going to – like for most of the season, they ran this 12 personnel package where, you know, Mike Jasicki has the tight end designation. He's not really a tight end. He basically plays wide receiver. Yeah. But they made that switch last week. I think it comes down to do you think that switch persists or – does it go back to Jasicki? And honestly, to me, it kind of seems like they're just evaluating young talent at this point. Like, they're not trying to win games. Bailey Zappi's in there. They've already seen what they have in Mac Jones. They spent a second rounder on Taekwon Thornton. It's kind of move or move on with Taekwon Thornton. They need to figure out what he is and if he's a part of their roster building in the future. So I kind of think he still plays a lot today, but it's definitely riskier than Parker and Juju. If you guys haven't done so, take a single second, atone for your sins here on a Thursday morning. Hit that thumbs up. I forgot to mention it earlier in the show. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel as well. And um, hey, leave a comment. If you're listening or watching after the fact, we read them all. Try and respond to all the comments as well. I go through each day and and check them out. So if you're watching after the fact, hit us up in the comments. And uh, all the stuff in podcast form as well. You guys know that already, right? So like anything that has a shelf life outside of a deeper dive live before a lot, everything goes to podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we have podcast exclusive content that Ben and I do every Tuesday. You can only find there. So if you're not there yet, head over to the podcast. Maybe you want to close your phone and not worry about any of that. It's there. Leave a rating and a review while you're at it. Um, man, the backfield situation, real quickly, do you have any other interest in in pass catchers here for Patriots, I, I think it's kind of tough because in, in, if we were talking like a Chiefs-Bills game, Matt, I think I could throw a bunch of guys on the table to you that like might get one or two targets, but, oh, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes are their quarterbacks, so we can live with that, right? We've done that with with Justin Watson a million times. We've done that with, with backup tight ends a ton of times because they might only need, you know, two for 10 and a touchdown or one for 30 and a touchdown for Justin Watson. You you get my point. In a spot like this, I mean, not only are you hoping for one or two targets, but you're hoping for, for Bailey Zappi to get him the ball, say, downfield or in the end zone. Like, you need everything to go right for one of these guys to pay off. And as you mentioned earlier, I don't know how cheap you actually have to go on this slate. Even if you wanted to leave salary, I don't think you have to go all the way to the bottom. The only player who's interesting in this regard at, you know, pass catcher is Mike Jasicki. I know he played the five snaps, ran four routes last week, but the week prior, just look two weeks back, way different role. So I, I don't know what the role is going to be when you can get this kind of uncertainty. Generally, people don't want to play it, which can be worthwhile if you're right. 
You also could be wrong and like eat a zero from him. So you just have to know that going in, this is more of a large field thing. Definitely don't do this if you're playing small field or cash, but I think that's at least worth noting. I guess the only other player is Ty Montgomery. I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about him with receivers or running backs. Okay. Jay Lee said, can't wait for the, for the bowl game info from Matt. Dude's a college football genius. Need to check his videos out coming up for bowl games. A lot of money to be made. If I didn't know any better, I'd think that was a burner account. But I do know better. And I know that Matt is – I watched one of your videos with Ben, and I hit Ben up. I was like, he sounds like – and this is a compliment. It was almost robotic that you were rattling off things that – like somehow your your brain compartmentalized things that just other people are incapable of doing. So – uh, I love it. And it's odd shopper, by the way, our betting channel. I, I just threw out picks for every game for week 14 NFL. So a couple, I love even a two team teaser, including the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Check it out on our odd shopper channel, man. O D D S shopper, all one word. You'll love it if you're into betting or even pick them stuff, but I assume you're very excited for that. Yeah, man. I love bowl season. One of my favorite times of the entire year, working really hard to get, this mega show that Ben and I are doing on Tuesday already. As you know, and like opt-outs, transfer portal, it's an absolute madhouse right now, but we're going to have it all. And I think it'll be the best coverage you can find. I know it will be, and I'll be watching. So Bailey Zappi, normally we don't spend a ton of time on quarterbacks just because they kind of fit into lineups and fit into the equation regardless. But from a QB perspective on the Patriots side, how I mean, it's 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 not common that we see negative leverage on quarterbacks. We have Bailey Zappi slightly negatively leveraged, even at nine thousand dollars in our top single game and top plays tool on Stochastic. How do you approach this? Based on our tools, it appears he's coming in overowned. This was one, <laughs> you know, just looking at this ahead of the slate. I was curious where we were going to come in on him because he's still playing every single snap. They're going to throw the ball a reasonable amount. It's not going to be like the chiefs or something, but man, I, I still think I'm going to end up playing some of these quarterbacks. The, the one thing I'll say is watch this throughout the day. We're going to get more information on inactives. If this total moves, anything like that. But honestly, with these bad quarterbacks, I'm probably just going to try to be on pace with the field, both at captain in flex. Don't really want them ruining my day. I'm not sure there's like significant leverage to be gained. If you do, I think it's going to be minimal. And with Zappy, I mean, we just know he's not a talented player. It really comes down to, does he get the touchdowns through the air versus Zeke on the ground? And I think it honestly is just as simple as that. Zeke, obviously way more likely to get the scores. But man, I don't know. Complete leverage situation. And the other thing is like, you run into this problem where the slate is so inefficiently priced. It's like, why at some point, like, why don't you just put the starting quarterback in your lineup? Or like, are you going to leave three K on the table to play a defense or something? I don't know. I'm honestly, you know, I'm talking myself into maybe being a little overweight to both Zappy and Trubisky. Just like, let me ask you this. Like if you have the choice between leaving like three K on the table and playing Zappy, what are you doing? So I leave 3K on the table and play, give me a give me a guy. So you you play like an extra Devontae Parker, an extra Hunter Henry, or you go down to like a defense. I well the Dude, prevailing... I think some people are gonna do that. They're gonna be like, Zappy stinks, I'm playing the defense. I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> The prevailing, but here's the thing, like the prevailing thought process with anyone going into this game, especially if you're hand building, is that it's going to be super low scoring and no touchdowns are going to be scored. But we still don't know, right? Like we still don't actually know that. Uh, it's just, that's the most likely outcome, but it doesn't mean it can't, you know what, let me do something real quick, right? Let me pull up. I love when Ben puts this stuff in perspective where he goes like, yeah, okay, this team's a huge dog, but they still have a 20% chance of winning, you know, and, and you see that all of the time. So let me just pull up, see see if we have any alt lines here, right? Like, let, let's see what an alt total would be, Matt. Say we wanted, say we wanted the total at, I'm just going to go crazy, all right? Say we wanted over 40, right? We're getting the over at 
plus 340. Okay. So that's what? 20, close to 23% implied odds there. Now the under's minus 512. So, but uh, <laughs> you get what I'm saying here, right? Like there's still, even at 40, if you're talking implied odds, they're, they're still close to one fourth of the time, close to 25% of the time it happens. So yeah, as I mean, a result, I mean, I'm not just, sorry, I'm just saying, as a result, I'm not just fading quarterbacks because it should be a low scoring game. Although I don't like them and I do like the defenses. Yeah. It's all in a range of outcomes. And sometimes I lose sight of this. There are situations where this game is going to play above the total and below it. I mean, the total is meant to be almost like a 50th percentile outcome. Exactly. Which a lot of times I just, you know, it goes over my peanut sized brain, but yeah, I think there are situations where you want the quarterback and it's not just the game total too. It's salary dynamics. The quarterbacks are still going to project. Well, like they're going to be among the highest projected players on the slate because they play quarterback. They have the ball every single play and both teams are still going to throw. They're not suddenly running the triple option. So, I mean, when it's on a slate where salary doesn't really make a lot of difference and then people aren't going to play the quarterbacks. I mean, I'm probably just going to play some Zappy and some Trubisky. And I agree with the chat. I would prefer Trubisky just one for one over Zappy. So would I. But he still plays a lot. So it's hard to just completely fade the QB for the Patriots. It's Yeah, agreed. Um, we had a question, by the way, Matt, uh, in chat from – oh, man, it moved quick. Where the hell did it go? Uh, can't even find it now. That's not good. Uh oh, R Throck Morton said, What is the site for odd shopper? Oddshopper.com, but it's ODDS. So like oddsshopper.com. Um just insanely excited about it right now. We just we just made the price more accessible to essentially anybody. If you're if you're a sports better uh or you're looking to get into sports betting and take a plus EV approach and really do it in a sense that's like making you money and always making sure you're getting plus EV plays. You, I promise you'll love this. Not to mention that we just consolidated everything. So now you're not only getting the plus EV plays, right? Um, where at Odd Shopper, we're literally scanning the market 24 seven. I was getting updates on the Odd Shopper app at like 4 a.m. while I was awake feeding my newborn, Matt, for plus EV and arbitrage plays. And I'm betting them at 4 a.m. I've got the bottle in one hand. I'm betting them on the other hand. I got the notifications pop, push notifications popping up. But you've got the experts picks page from all of our experts at Odd Shopper. You've got the premium Discord with an awesome community and all of the picks there. Uh, for me, Matt, the holy grail, especially now that it's less than $1.60 a day, the, the holy grail for me is the plus EV betting page where just at any time of any day, any second, you can go in there and find positive EV, positive expected value bets that are separating the, the 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 retail sports books from the sharp lines, plucking them off one by one and making us money every day of the week. Yeah, man. I mean, it's probably like $100 too cheap per month. I don't know what else you could possibly want. I mean, you have the expert picks. If you just want to follow your favorite experts from our platform, we have it. We have the market-based I mean, it's a whole market-based model that's built to show you plus EV bets. And then, I mean, it also shows you where the lines are most inefficient. Literally has everything you could possibly want. I'm not kidding when I say this. I live in an illegal state. I can't use this. I considered moving down to Illinois across the border <laughs> probably like five times to use this. I'm not kidding. I love it. It's true, though, man. It just makes it so... When I was on paternity leave, like I was away, I was just pulling it up because I couldn't research anything and just jamming bets that were plus EV. So I mean, I go doing. look at go look at Greg's tweets. I mean, the guy tweets out like his ROI. It's insane. It's insane. And he's There's using proof of it working. If you don't if you don't want to believe me, I can understand why you wouldn't go look at Greg's Twitter. Damn right, man. Anyway, uh, links in the description and chat if you want to check it out. My DMs are always open on Twitter, too. Sometimes this stuff can be like, you know, not over people's heads, but if they're new to this type of stuff or they've been betting a certain way. It's 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 foreign. It's unfamiliar to them. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have. But uh, I know it's a DFS show, but I mean, we're all here to make money, right? We're all here to watch sports and sweat them in one form or fashion. 
this is the best way to do it if you're betting. So links in the description, scroll down, you'll see Odd Shopper Premium. Jump in and, and join the community, man. I, I You guys are going to love it. Anyway, last thing on the Patriots. And we can agree, right? We don't need to get much into defense. Like defenses on both sides are, are good place. Are good place. Yeah, right. And and look, here's the thing. You may not want to, but the truth is, if I asked you this question, I already know what the answer is going to be. Would you be shocked if defense was the optimal captain today? No, normally I'd say things like you probably need to touch down to your defense for it to be optimal captain. Today, I don't even think that's true. Yeah. You might just get a very low-scoring, sack-heavy affair. And if that's the case, and you have another game that plays below the total, I mean, we talked about it. The Patriots just played a 6 to nothing game against a much better offense than the Chargers. If you get this below 30 points, it's semi-likely. So the only thing that's really keeping me away from them is going to be heavy ownership, and I'll just have to watch that throughout the day. The only thing I'll say to, to kind of play devil's advocate here, Matt, is in our tools, in the top single game and showdown plays tool. By the way, all of our stochastic DFS sub information is in the description too, if you guys are just here for that. They have 11.6% captain ownership. They have 35.5% utility ownership, Steelers defense, and we still have them as the fourth highest leveraged play on the slate. I mean, you, you're bringing up good points. When we talk about leverage, a lot of things go into this. It's projection, price, and ownership. There is a point where the Steelers are over-owned. Mm -hmm. As of this morning, we haven't reached it, <laughs> which is right. insane. Yeah, as of this morning, they're not over-owned at 12% captain. <laughs> Dude, they're, they're if you include captain and utility, they're projected to be over 50% owned, and we have them projected as a value. <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. It's insane, but I get it. Uh, anyway, how about how about Ezekiel Elliott today? I, I know the guy, look, he, he his longest rush on the year is 17 yards. I have no expectations that he's going to rip off, you know, a 60-yard touchdown run at all. But last game, he was, at, he was targeted on 31% of the routes that he ran. Granted, he ran 16 routes on 33 dropbacks, but 21% uh, target share. I know, small sample, still last week. Highest, uh, uh, second highest behind only Devontae Parker. Yeah, he's expensive, but you're still talking about a guy in a close, low scoring, absolutely disgusting shit slop fest. Call it what you will. 6 0 game. He, uh, he had 22 total looks in that game. So, you know, it's ugly. It's unlikely that the game completely gets away from him. Their defense has been standing tall against bad offenses. 22 total looks, 21 touches. Zeke Elliott, say what you want, firmly in play. Yeah, I'll say this. People might call him gross, but which player on this slate isn't gross? Right. Maybe a Steelers receiver, you could argue. But, I mean, there's very few plays you're like, oh, man, this is a good player. feel really good about him. Zeke Elliott is going to touch the ball maybe more than any other player on this slate. At least he projects for that. In a slate that has salary basically non-existent, just give me all the touches. I don't care if he runs for 2.5 yards per carry. If he does it 15 to 20 times and catches some passes along the way, there's a really good chance he's going to be in the optimal lineup. I'm going to play a ton of him at captain and the flex. I think he's the best player in the slate. So do I. We actually, we have him with the second highest leverage score. You know, you could, you could look on the other side and go, all right, well, you have Jalen Warren and Najee Harris at 8K and 8,400 respectively on DraftKings which is 100% true. Maybe we just make, you want to just make the pivot over to the Steelers now and we can tie this all into the Zeke Elliott conversation with uh, with Pittsburgh's backfield? Yeah, we can absolutely do that. They okay, can make sense. I think we a lot of people everything. are probably going to debate them. Yeah, right. And I think we covered everything for the Patriots. So the, the thing here is Jalen Warren and Najee Harris probably, I mean, they do, there's higher team touchdown equity for them clearly they're six point favorites but there's two guys that are legitimately splitting backfield work down the middle so you have ezekiel elliott who ramadre stevenson played 27 percent of snaps got hurt um ezekiel elliott ended up playing 69 percent of snaps the first question to you is who else will they use in the backfield like are they going to use ty montgomery back there at all who else do they use in the backfield behind zeke and then two 
how are you going to kind of um, like, how do you evaluate a scenario where you go, okay, six point favorites on one side, but two guys that week over week are both like legitimately playing 50% of snaps each. If it's a close game. Right. And then a guy in Ezekiel Elliott, who's a six point dog, no competition in the backfield coming off a 21 touch game. So the first part of this, I'll answer is just the Patriots, what to expect out of their backfield. I think the inactives will tell you a lot. There have been some reports out there that Ty Montgomery is going to be more involved in the backfield. I don't know about this. There's also conflicting reports saying they might elevate Kevin Harris from the practice squad. Generally, you don't have four running backs on your roster. So I think if Kevin Harris does end up getting pulled up, that's probably an indication that Ty Montgomery is playing his normal special teams and receiving role rather than being in the backfield. If Kevin Harris is not elevated, I think that's probably a pretty good indication that Ty Montgomery maybe has a little bit more involvement. As far as anyone else, Jermichael Hasty's on the roster. I think it's pretty telling. They haven't used him at all this year. He's also been on other teams. So, I mean, I don't think this is a player they think pretty highly of. I'm anticipating this being like 80% or more of the backfield touches to Zeke with maybe Ty Montgomery siphoning off a little bit of those. As far as Zeke in relation to the Steelers, I still would rather play Ezekiel Elliott given the massive volume. It's pretty easy to project touchdown expectation. I mean, you can go and look at sports books to kind of get a good indication of where the books are sitting at between these players. It's not like a Detroit Lions situation where, you know, David Montgomery plays more in positive game script. The Steelers aren't like this. It's almost exactly a 50-50 split. Yep. So there's not like one running back who's more likely to get the touchdowns. Maybe slightly Najee because of his size. He's also in the injury report. If that makes a difference, maybe it is more Warren. So I just take the security with Zeke if you're making me choose one of these backs, honestly. Me too. And another thing worth considering is, like, you know if they fall behind, Jalen Warren is the guy that you want, right? Like, if they fall behind significantly, generally Jalen Warren is the guy that you want. Now, that isn't to say that he can't also get a decent workload in, in close games or, you know, games where they're leading. We saw him with 13 carries and three targets against Cincy and they won 16, 10, but against Arizona, they were playing down. I would have thought that we would have gotten more work out of Jalen Warren. They were down that entire game. At one point, I think it was a 24 to three game at home and he only saw three targets. Now the nine attempts doesn't shock me at all. You know, not even a little bit, but the three targets kind of did. Now Najee Harris is expected to play today, he had 16 attempts last game, despite trailing and three targets. So maybe my thought process is just off on that. We also had a 50% route share for Najee, 28% for Warren. So, I mean, I think people have been incorrectly assuming for a while now that Warren is taking on more role in this backfield. Honestly, it looks the opposite to me. I know efficiency doesn't mirror this, but... Assuming Warren takes on more work is also just assuming rational coaching, which if you're talking about the Steelers, I don't know why you'd be making that <laughs> assumption. They haven't been rationally coached for a while now. So they I mean, held honestly, on to Matt Canada way too long. Yeah. I mean, and even since then it hasn't mattered. I mean, on the main sites, I've just been playing Najee because people have been incorrectly playing Jalen Warren for weeks now, assuming he has this role. I mean, at best, I think this is a 50-50. At worst, I think this is like a 60-40 in favor of Najee. I just don't see a world where Jalen Warren leads this backfield unless there's a re-aggravation of an injury or something in Najee. It just hasn't been that in weeks. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I think you just nailed it. I think you nailed the one key part. At at worst, if you're playing Najee, it's 50-50. And at best, it's like 60-40, maybe even 65-35. Yeah. Like the light the likelihood that that Najee is on the the wrong end of the split as far as snaps go, given what we've seen all season, that seems unlikely. And I use like I for a while I was in the camp that all right, at least we had this receiving role to hang our hats on for Jalen Warren. Najee doubled him up in routes last week. Like yeah. we don't even have that anymore. I think maybe Warren leads in routes. Maybe he doesn't. I went back and I looked at every single game. They flip-flop a lot in routes. So this is not secure, and everyone seemingly assumes that Warren has this role when he just does not. Doubled up Warren in routes where they were down by three scores. Yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm like everybody else here. I don't know what they're doing. I think Jalen Warren's better, 
Najee runs like he's wearing jeans still. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on, but that's what the team is doing. It doesn't matter what I think. I, I think I'm probably going. So if I were to, or if I were to rank these guys, because as, as it currently stands with our most recent early morning run of ownership, and, and we did run it immediately before this show started, you have Zeke at like 18% of captain Najee at, uh, 10 and a half percent Jalen Warren at 14 percent so Zeke is the highest owned captain I I like I think I like Zeke overall the most but as far as captain goes I think I like Najee the most I like Najee at captain a lot you're you know running into slightly more uncertainty I think just with Jalen Warren being active but at the same time, this team is projected to win by almost a touchdown. Their scoring expectations really high. Just like the profile of these backs, Najee's much larger than Warren. If they fall down to the one-yard line, I think there's a pretty good chance it's him running it in. I like Najee a lot at captain. I'm going to wrestle between him and Zeke throughout the day is who I like more. But plan on playing. They're probably going to be my most own captains, the pair of them. Not sure where I'll come out on one of them being ahead of the other. You just hit on something that is very important to me uh, and what I wanted to talk about before we move on to pass catchers and Mitch Trubisky. They are six-point favorites. It's a low-scoring game, but they're still six-point favorites. Let's let's not overlook the fact, guys, and I know this game is is ugly in a traditional sense, but it's the only game we have. It's the only game in town, uh, and we're all playing with the same salaries and the same players. The total here is still 18 for Pittsburgh. All right. It's still 18. It's 12 for the Patriots. On the season, Najee Harris has six goal line carries to Jalen Warren's two. Uh, he has 20 red zone carries, 13. Here's the thing, though 13 inside the 10 carries to Jalen Warren's three. So, as a six point favorite, if we're saying, man, touchdowns are going to be really scarce in this game, but the Steelers have more touchdown equity as a touchdown favorite and an 18-point implied total. As much as I like Zeke, I don't hate the idea that if there's that one touchdown, you know, like let's say there's one touchdown in this game and it's a 13 to to, to 6 final score, I think the likelihood of it being Najee is higher than any of the other backs. Yeah, I agree with you. And maybe I glossed over this or we glossed over this. Najee is questionable. There was a report out this morning that he's expected to play from Pelissero. So that's what I saw. That he's obviously, expecting. if Najee's out, Jalen Warren's the best play on the slate, no matter what. Hands down, but not even. We're close. not expecting that. No, well, it wouldn't even be close. Jalen Warren, right. and and you know, I don't say this to be like hyperbolic. I I, I can't imagine at his price and the, the the expected flow of this game. I can't imagine that I'd have any lineups without Jalen Warren, honestly. For sure. There's actually a really interesting question for Mark, which I haven't considered enough to this point. Will you play both Steelers running backs? I, I think you can. I think you can too. Yeah. And just, you know, play both Steelers running backs, fade Trubisky. Fade. You're playing for a certain game style. And yeah, I don't think it's crazy. I don't you even know think... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, Najee could score and only have 55 rushing yards and Warren not score, but have three receptions and, fifth, like, three receptions for 30 and get you, like, 11 fantasy points total. And you could potentially still get there with those. Like, they don't both need to score, I don't think. I don't even hate playing all three backs. You already broke down Zeke's receiving role, which was absurd last week. If the Patriots get down in this game and the only two touchdowns from Pittsburgh come from the backs, one Najee, one Warren, I think you could have Zeke in that lineup too, just based on the receiving role he has. I don't hate playing all three backs. Totally agree. This is why I love doing this show because we're figuring stuff out on the fly. And the more you look at this slate, the more you're <laughs> like, hey, do I just want the guaranteed touches, right? That's kind of how it feels. And the guys that if they do get towards the goal line are going to have the first crack at scoring. That's the way I see it, man. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers. Before we do, uh, guys, I, I would assume that most of you are there already because it's like, as far as like getting an opportunity to play any different format you want, I don't know if there's anything. I don't know if there's something better than underdog. Like you have, Matt was talking about it the other day when we did the Monday show, the, the playoff 
best ball. Um, they have the playoff best ball with, with massive cash prizes. They have the daily drafts for NBA, for NFL. They have the pick them where you can up to 21X. Um, and, and not only that, you're talking about uh, a format now where if you sign up, not only do you get a $100 first match deposit bonus, but they're constantly giving out free squares for new users. Like the Trevor Lawrence free square on Monday, it was over half a yard. So what, now you're getting a free play in any of your pick them lineups. So you're already putting yourself in a position to make money out of the gate. Plus you have a hundred percent first match deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars, where if you deposit a hundred, now your balance says $200. You put 50 in, it says a hundred. There's just like a thousand different formats here and all of them are good. And I'm sure you've noticed this because you're you're in tune with the industry. They innovate too. Like they're continuously creating new formats to play over on underdog as well. Yeah, they're always trying stuff out. And if you've never played any sort of playoff best ball situation or, or format, you need to try it. It's extremely fun. Like me and my friends for years now, prior to like underdog taking this on, we'd been doing this like little mini player draft ourselves and trying to like just see who would get to the Super Bowl and having players accrue fantasy points throughout however long they last in the playoffs now you have a place where you can do this with strangers play as much as you want for you know dollar amounts of any sort of variety get as much volume down as you want and i mean the dfs slates get smaller in the playoffs this is just another way to increase your action and have more on the line it makes the playoffs a lot more interesting especially if you're a bears fan like me and your team never makes it there's the 25 dollar <laughs> uh playoff gauntlet it's up What's the yeah what's man? The they prize? do all kinds of stuff. One point five million is the prize. Hey, remember, we were saying the other day we we're like, "There's no way that little one is going to be the one that already filled." It's gone. Uh, one point five mil for the playoff best ball gauntlet. The strategy that goes into that is insane, but it's also really really fun. You can draft early and take some shots. You can draft late, but like I said, with these pick'em uh, contests, get in, guys. Twenty up to twenty x your entry. First match deposit up to hundred bucks. Free squares when you sign up to already just boost your ROI through the moon. Link in the description and in chat if you're not at Underdog yet. Uh, and yo, hit us up on Twitter when you're drafting lineups. I know Matt and I'll be digging into those for sure as playoff time approaches. Some of our favorite things to do. Best ball summers, baby. Now we got it in the winter. All right, pass catchers. I mean, at this point, Yes, clearly the better talent is on the side of the Steelers. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens has that that deep threat uh, ability. We know that. I mean, the price points, though, are just so far removed for anything we talked about with the Patriots. And while Mitch Trubisky, you could argue, is better than Bailey Zappi, it's still a backup quarterback. It's still Mitch Trubisky. I can't wait to hear where you're going with these pass catchers, given that Pickens and Johnson are essentially $10,000 in the flex. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think Mitch Trubisky is the more talented quarterback. I think he's also slightly better for DFS because he has some semblance of mobility, whereas Bailey Zappi is a pure statue, can't run at all. As far as the pass catchers go, it's tough. I do want one of Pickens or Deontay Johnson, and I think I'm siding with Pickens, man. His usage just isn't that different. The target shares between these two are very close. You have a slight edge to, to Johnson over the last three weeks. But man, the routes are better for Pickens. They actually flipped last week, which I think is going to be sticky. Johnson just looks uninspired out there. I mean, at some point, this guy might get benched if his effort doesn't improve. And I get it. You're playing for a team that surprisingly has a winning record, but your team is awful. You just lost at home to the Cardinals. Got crushed man, at home. Crush at home. So, I mean, it, I love to see the, the negative regression hit a team like this who's clearly poorly coached and mismanaged. <laughs> you revel in this? You get joy out of this? Yeah. I like when well-coached teams succeed and when bad teams get punished. For sure. For sure. Like like the Chargers, by the way. I mean, there, there's no way Brandon Staley makes it past this year, right? No, he's cooked. Cooked. Is he, I think. He's done. I actually liked him when he was hired, but man, he's been a disaster. I got to take my L. He's been he's been very poor. Yeah, Adam Share, our friend Adam Share, I saw him tweet this the one day. He's like, Brandon Staley is the fake sharp, and Dan Campbell is the fake non sharp. He's right. He's totally right. 
Like everyone made fun of Dan Campbell when he's like, well, we're going to chew their knees, whatever. Dan Campbell has, and Ben Johnson, sure, but totally turned that team around. They love him. He coaches smart. He takes risks when it's smart and he doesn't make, he doesn't draw up bad plays when you're taking risks. Like Brandon Staley takes risks maybe when you should be, but it's always a bad play. Like it's guaranteed to fail that. He's also a complete dweeb like Dan Campbell. <laughs> Dan Campbell's former NFL tight end. The guy looks like a monster. He's the man. He's and I've doing, been on this from the beginning. I've loved Dan Campbell. He's he's doing up downs with his team. Like when he goes for it on fourth down, it, it like shows belief in his team. The players like that. They're like, all right. You know, if this guy like believes in me, he thinks we can get this fourth down. Whereas I don't know what Brandon Staley's doing. So I don't, you're a I don't fan know. of Dan Campbell. I don't know how you couldn't be. It's really hard to not like well, Dan people, Campbell. You, you know that. You know the people out there that are like, oh, he's a meathead. This guy's an like that was the whole. He's authentic. He's authentic. He's awesome, dude. He's awesome. I don't. Know I mean, I generally can... don't like that kind of person. It would rub me the wrong way. But his is so authentic. It's like I don't know how you don't like it. He's just him. He's not what? putting on a charade or anything. Yeah, and here's why I think it's impossible to not like it. Because how can you not like a guy when all of his players adore him? Yeah, it's wild. Right? Like, his players love. Meanwhile, you get Brandon Staley, like, don't you ask me that question again, or it's going to be trouble. I mean, come on. Trouble dude. for you, you're going to get fired. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm with you on Pickens. And, and, and one of the – for me, one of the reasons is you could say, okay, well, George Pickens – you know, the deep ball is like, if he can, if you connect on one deep attempt to George Pickens, it's a wrap in a game like this with Deontay Johnson, you go, okay, well, and, you know, he's a possession guy. The PPR points are valuable, but you broke it down perfectly. This is no longer Ben Roethlisberger, De Deontay Johnson connection, where even if he only has 50 yards, he has eight receptions. Like you look at his last four games, he has one, two, four and four receptions and the yardage is never there. He has one double-digit target game all year. I know he spent some time on injured reserve. But, I mean, still, what does this guy have? Eight games under his belt at this point? Yeah. One double-digit target game. Pickens has two. I mean, I, I just think the volume between the – like, projecting these guys. And the routes flipped last week, which I don't think is a coincidence. Pickens running more routes than Johnson. That's how it should be at this point. I mean, when you're projecting target volume, I would put these guys almost dead even. What, what else are you doing with the pass catchers here before we build a lineup and shoot this over to the NA, uh, NBA strategy show? Obviously, Pat Fryermuth, two games removed from a really big game. Uh, is there anybody else that, that you want to dig into? And feel free, because we're a little short on time here, I want to build these lineups out and look at the Sims. Are there any, um, any other thoughts on Kenny Pickett and just how you'd build around this Steelers offense, not including running backs? Yeah, I think the only other guys to mention here are Fryermuth and Allen Robinson. Robinson actually is a pretty good route share, and he's cheap. If everyone's going to play like Juju, I'm going to pivot some lineups over to Robinson. Target volume's not there, but routes are fine. Basically, you just need the rogue touchdown, and he'll be completely fine. If he has like five targets, you also are probably fine. Fryermuth is concerning to me, man. His routes have not climbed up to his pre-injury role, and he's 7,400 now after he had that monster game. But last two, 69% of the routes, 60% of routes, they're still using the backup tight ends, and they're using them quite a bit. Like Darnell Washington, he has a very clear role on this team. He's going to play like 30% of the snaps, and he's – man, I, like I think Darnell Washington might be the best tight end in the NFL when you ask – like he's the size of a lineman, and he runs like a 4-7-40. He does alien things that Fryermuth simply cannot do. So I don't think his snaps are going to decline. He probably will remain remain in like the 25 to 30 range, but he's not coming off the field. And Connor Hayward, he's like this weird H-back guy, plays a different role than Fryermuth. I think his role's also secure. So, I mean, if a guy gets squeezed, this very well could be Fryermuth. So I would rather play the receivers, find the salary to get up to them, or go down to Deontay Johnson. Okay. And as far as Kenny Pickett Excuse me, goes, sorry, Allen Robinson, go down to him, not Deontay. Deontay's expensive. Gotcha, guys. As far as, sorry, Mitch Trubisky, not Kenny Pickett. Uh, as far as he, if we're concerned with him, I, I do still think, look, it's gross. I get that. But he's basically the same price as Bailey Zappi. I still prefer Trubisky over Bailey Zappi. Agreed. And I think both QBs are fine. I'm going to end up with a healthy amount of them both. Who has higher leverage? Do we have... Uh... Trubisky does. Okay. 
which makes sense. Like he actually has professional receivers. You know, they are six point favorites at home. I get it. Totally. All right. You want to uh, build some lineups? Take a look at the Sims before we get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. And uh, by the way, guys, if you aren't rocking the stochastic avatar, stochastic.com slash avatar, download it, use it wherever it is you play. FanDuel, DraftKings, owner's box, wherever. Finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more. You get a free month of any package you want. $200 value. You want the NFL Sims package, the contest generator, uh, Sims, post-contest simulator, NBA, you could go. Has the late swap feature, which is amazing. All of our tools, too. Ownership, player projections, top stack, boom bust, top single game showdown plays tool, where you're getting the leverage scores, ownership, optimal captain rates, everything. Uh, Premium Discord, lineup generator, all of that. Finish top three in a field of 5,000 or more. Tweet your wins to us at Stochastic HOF and get that free month and get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Can't beat that, baby. Uh, but as I mentioned before, the lineup generator, links in the description, uh, Sims tool in the description. If you guys have been you know, on the fence about that and you're like, you know what, I think I need to do this. I'm struggling. It's finally time to take that leap. All different price points get you in, whether you're a low stakes, high stakes player, medium stakes. We got you covered down there for everything. And uh, have any questions, just hit me up on Twitter. All right, uh, Mike, throw the Sims up. I just want to see, like, I want to see what exposures look like real quick with a 150. Matt, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you before you look, what do you think is the highest owned captain? Zeke. Okay. I'm going to go Zeke too. Man, I, I really like Najee. Let's, let's see. Let's see what we get. <sighs> highest owned captain. Mike, go to exposures. Fifty-six percent Zeke. What? Fifty-six. That's not captain. Do me a favor. Oh, go to oh, position. Hover over position. Hover over position. Yeah. Twenty-six. Uh, yep, you were right, Matt. Looks like Warren. So I wouldn't mind personally hitting a bit of an ROI boost on Najee here, Matt, in the captain. Yeah, I mean, I think this comes down to how you think the split's going to go. I think we have a slight dock on Najee because of the injury. So I think this comes down right. to if you think he's fully healthy, I would boost him for sure. If not, then you could probably just leave it. Go back to lineups for a second, Mike. So highest simmed ROI lineup has Steelers defense. Second one has Najee with the boost. Third one has Elliott. Fourth one has Warren. I mean, look, all of this makes perfect sense to me, Matt. When you're looking at the top simmed ROI lineups, trying to replicate the field is what we do in the pre-contest generator. Or, yeah, that you're going to get these type of guys at captain in some of the best lineups. Yeah, it makes sense to me, too. And some of them leaving quite a bit of salary. All right, let's build a lineup. You're up, captain spot. Where are we going? Well, let's go Najee. All right. I'll go Zeke. All right. I like those two. I'm going to throw in Mitch Trubisky. I want one of these quarterbacks. I prefer Trubisky. Fair enough. Uh, I almost want to try like a no defense lineup and see what we get. Yeah, let's so let's build with that in mind and see where we land. All right, because clearly Steelers defense is great. I'll go Devontae Parker. So – it's a running back and wide receiver. We don't need to get Zappy in there. It's not like double tapping wide receivers here. All right. So we threw in Devontae Parker. Where does that put us for salary left? We have 6,600 6, remaining per two play for two players. I think we can still play Pickens then. Okay. 3,200. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to give us like a, Allen Robinson, Ty Montgomery, Rager, Mike Gusecki. What do you think? I have no problem with Montgomery and Allen Robinson. Maybe that'll be duplicated, but I think those yeah. players are fine. In a spotlight, if we did that, I would probably swap out Devontae Parker and put in a defense there just for this build. I'm yeah, a, you could kick. do that too. I have no issues with the current build, but yeah. Yeah, neither do I. But if it's like a smaller field, if it's a larger field, sure. If it's a smaller field, I'm not sure I want all of that New England exposure. But who knows? 
Maybe this game sees some points. I mean, anyway, it's a weird building today that. if you guys haven't gathered that. What's that? It's a weird build today if you haven't gathered that just by watching this exercise. Super, Yeah, exactly. Super weird build. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Adam Share, Josh Ingerman coming up next on the NBA Strategy Show. Live before lock back tonight for this game and uh, everything else right here on the channel. Check out all Matt's stuff on the Odd Shopper channel. I'm doing a betting video for this game. It'll be up in an hour or two. If you want to go subscribe, check us out on Odd Shopper uh, or check out all those plays on oddshopper.com. Appreciate you guys. See you back here for the next one. Peace.